today, Dan Moore will be presenting To Be or Not to Be Dewormed, a natural approach to maintaining your horse's health. Please join me in welcoming Dan Moore. Thank you all. Oh man, another great day here in cold Massachusetts. Good gracious, it's cold up here. I'm from the South, can you tell? <laughs> we don't have cold in the South. But I have had a great time since I've been here, to say the least. And today we're just going to um, cover an old topic, actually, a topic that um, has actually had some major, major changes in the last just four or five years, which is real exciting to me because I've been preaching and teaching exactly what they're doing now for years. Back, you know, how, how many are doing fecals on their horses today, fecal exams? Thank goodness. You know, that's, that's what we need to be doing, no question. It used to be way back when that we would just indiscriminately deworm just because the calendar said so. And I've been preaching against that for a long, long, long time. Back in the 90s, they thought I was nuts talking about fecal exams because they said every horse has worms and you just need to give them this chemical dewormer every two or three months. And it it's absolutely made no sense to me whatsoever that we were doing that way back when because I knew we were lead to resistance problems where you know so much exposure to these chemicals didn't affect the parasites anymore over time and that's exactly what's happened you know um, with goats you know there's nothing that works in goats today there's no good dewormer for goats because we've overused chemicals so much I remember in North Carolina um, this was probably in 98. I was at this big lecture hall. Well, actually, it's bigger than this, but lots and lots of people there. The stands were full. And there was a veterinarian that spoke before me. And um, he was talking on, uh, I don't remember what he was talking about. But anyway, bottom line, the veterinarian stayed for my lecture. And my lecture is, was to be dewormed or not to be dewormed, something like that. And I got up and I was talking about fecal exams and this, that, and the other. And you know, when, when I knew he was going to be there, I knew I was going to be criticized because all, they all said I was nuts. But he stayed to listen. And about halfway through the, through the meeting, through the talk, he stood up and he said, and I thought, oh my, here it comes, you know. He just stood up and he said, I got to tell you all, I got to tell you all, exactly what he says is what's happening. These dewormers are poisons. And thank God, you know, I mean, I, it's finally come about that people understand that, that there are consequences from indiscriminately deworming. And it used to be just a little history on that. Um, when I first started practice back in the 80s, we didn't have paste warmers. We had to pass a tube down their nose and deposit a medication in their stomach. Y'all remember those? Some of y'all, some of y'all are gonna tell your age now, careful. Yeah, there you go. And, and you know, back then, there were some major risks involved in that, but they were obvious risks because if you got the tube down the wrong tube, then the horse just flat out died. I mean, it was just as simple as putting the medication right in their lungs instead of in their gut, and they just died. So then we actually did um, parasite exams first. Way back when we were doing parasite exams, believe it or not, but when they were passing those tubes. But then along came this handy little paste. One of the first ones was, a, I better not mention names. One of them was this nice little tube and they convinced us all as veterinarians that, that 
all horses have parasites. Well, guess what? It took about two seconds to give someone this tube, and we made the same profit on that as we did passing this other tube down our nose and taking that risk and everything. We all bought into it as veterinarians. We bought into the fact that all horses have worms, but yet we knew better. And then after that, they came out with a different paste, a little stronger paste, a little different classification of paste. And they asked us, they said, well, use this one one time of the year and use this one the other time of the year and just keep rotating them back and forth. And then there was another one that came out that was even a little bit stronger. And if your dog happened to get that much of it, just a little bit, your dog died. Y'all remember those days. So a lot, a lot has changed with regards to deworming today. Um, and thank God we're doing fecal exams. And all, I mean, most horses do have worms at some time in their life, but not always. Um, and we need to check and see what they have and see what kinds they have and so on so we can treat them appropriately. So the last thing we want to be doing is just using chemicals of any kind indiscriminately. My whole life, my, my, my mission in life is to get people, pets, and horses off all these drugs and chemicals. That's what I'm all about, you know? It's, uh, it's been an incredible journey. I used to practice conventional veterinary medicine. I've dispensed drugs and vaccinations like every other veterinarian under the sun. But a lot of things happened. A few major things happened in my life to make me rethink what I was doing to the point where I sold both of my practices. I had four veterinarians, 18 staff members working for me, and I sold them. I retired. I, I retired my license and moved to a different state where I didn't practice anymore even. Moved there because my brother lived there and, He'd been in military, I'd been in school, he didn't know, his kids didn't know mine, you know, little refocus on life. But, um, I love veterinary medicine still, I just couldn't continue doing what I was doing. I'm actually, I, I probably shouldn't go into the story, but bottom line, my dad died young, and he died from COPD, okay? And I realized then that the medical profession didn't have a clue how to handle that, and they still don't today, and they may never have a handle on it, which is okay, but there are some natural remedies that can help. But I was so involved in, in conventional drugs and medication that I wasn't willing to look at anything else. And I, I let Emory take care of it, and Duke University, and Vanderbilt, and everybody else, and they didn't handle it. And uh, you know, looking back, I know there's some things that I could have done, because now, uh, later on, I actually discovered some uh, herbal ingredients, one of which was grapeseed. And I've seen horses with grapeseed. I had a human product one time with grapeseed, and I had a horse that came to me that had heaves. And I was just breaking open these human capsules of grapeseed on this horse. And by golly, that horse went home two, two months later and won another championship. And when he came, he was almost in the grave. So I've seen miracles, literally, with herbal-type products one of which is grapeseed. And we later introduced that to the horse market and again, people thought we were nuts. But deworming, let's go back to deworming. Um, what are some major concerns with regards to parasites in horses? One is, is your foals. I mean, where you really need to be concerned with parasites in most cases is with your babies. You know, when they're weanlings to yearlings, they're really likely to come down with ascarids, which are roundworms. The problem with ascarids is they can actually impact the gut. They're, they can be nice and big and long and can actually cause the gut to, um, to not allow the flow of fecal material through it. And they can flat out die. I mean, they can die 
very quickly from that. I mean, if you can't go to the bathroom or if you get stopped up, you get gas and everything else and the gas hurts and they just, they just die. And the problem, once it gets to that point, if, they, if they're so massive and you give them a dewormer, a chemical dewormer, it actually will, um, it can kill so many of them that it still causes a toxicity type problem and, and a sudden release of this, that, and the other, and they, and they still die even though they were just dewormed. So if you have babies and they have parasites, you know, you might want to approach it cautiously. You know, maybe even give them a half a dose of, of whatever you're using. But make sure that whatever you're using in babies uh, does take care of ascarids, okay? Because that's, that's, that's where you're going to have problems with most deworming in horses these days. And then, of course, on the other end, when they get older, they've actually developed resistance to them. Now, it used to be that you didn't want any worms in a horse. That's what we were taught in vet school. You know, you want a negative fecal exam. Today, it's not like that. Thank goodness. They're, they're discovered that a small amount of, of parasites, a small amount of worms is actually healthy for the immune system. It helps them respond so they can fight them off naturally. To kill them all off with a drug and have all the negative consequences on the liver from the drugs and all this is just kind of an issue. So it's okay to have parasites even in, especially in your older horses, but those babies, you want to check those babies three or four times a year and make sure that they're negative or you could possibly lose the babies. Older horses, what I recommend is at least twice a year, do a fecal exam and then if it happens to be high enough to, to go ahead and deworm, then you check them again in two, two to three weeks or a month, somewhere in that neighborhood, just to make sure that the numbers have come down, okay? Um, does that make sense? I mean, you want to clear it up. And then once you find, and if it's not cleared up, then you probably want to go ahead and deworm them again to break that life cycle and then come back in a month or so and check them again. So, uh, but understand that some numbers are okay. Don't expect a negative, totally negative fecal. That's not necessarily good either. But what you'll find when you check a lot of horses, you'll find that one or two of them always have worms. Anybody have that experience? Yeah, one or two of them always have worms. Um, and those are what we call shedders. Those are the ones that are kind of creating the problem for the rest of the horses because they're constantly, no matter what you do, it seems like they always have worms and they're shedding eggs because that's really what we're checking for is eggs in the stool when we do a fecal exam. Now you know what they do in cattle? They get rid of them. Send them to the slaughterhouse. Those get out of. They send them away. That's what they recommend. Get them out of the herd. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to send my wife's mare to the somewhere away. You know, I'm just not. I mean, her name's Baby Doll of all things. I mean, you know, she ain't going nowhere. I'll go. She'll kick me out before she kicks my her horse out. I promise you. But um, but she's a shedder. I mean, there's no question. She's a shedder. So. Um, and sometimes no matter what you do, believe me, I mean, you build their immune system, you do everything you can do, there's just some horses that are going to have more parasites than others. And I, and, and I think her situation goes, and she's an old horse, I guess we're all getting old, but anyway, she's an old horse, so it goes back to those days before I knew better, probably when I was indiscriminately deworming by the calendar on hers. You know, I've messed up her immune system somewhere along the way. Uh, thank God she's okay otherwise, but um, blind in one eye, no, just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's, 
we've got to always keep in mind whatever we're giving their horses, if it's a chemical or a drug, does have some negative consequences. So you might get a trade-off, you might get something better right now, but there might be something else that results down the road. And you may not even see it or know it or whatever, but drugs and chemicals, no matter what they are, do affect the liver, they affect other organs in the body. Um, and if you do wind up using chemicals or drugs for any, for any reason at all, I suggest you get a hold of us so we can help you detox that horse to help get rid of the negative effects from it. And it's the same way with us, folks. We're killing ourselves with all these drugs and chemicals. I mean, we, people take an aspirin every day or some drug, um, pain medicine. We, we don't need to go there. We, we understand what, what crisis we have in this country with regards to drugs. We've become a pop-up pill nation, um, to say the least. But I promise you, not just your street drugs, but even something like a steroid cream. You know, there's some studies in people that show that, that, that with children, just putting a cream, a steroid cream on a rash, you're like, I forget the great, the number, the percent of higher chances, but much, much greater chances of having ear problems. Where they had, remember they used to put the tubes in the ears and all that? There's a direct link between topical steroids and ear problems. I mean, a direct link. Simple something like that. So whatever you use in your horse or yourself or your dogs or your cats, you know, think about what the, weigh it out. You know, is it worth it? That makes sense. Um, it's just critical that, that we change our mindset in this country. Fortunately, it is going that way. I mean, it used to be when I'd come talk in the, in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, people thought I was nuts. You know, that sometimes couldn't even speak, and now they ask me to speak. You know, I used to have to beg them to let me speak, it seems like. But, because um, I'm not normal. I promise you, I am not, I'm an abnormal veterinarian. I'm, you can call me Abby Normal any day of the week because I am not normal. I haven't so much as had an aspirin in 30 years, except one time. Really, really bad abscess. But I weighed the consequences, and that was hurting like heck. So I took <laughs> So, um, it's just critical that we reevaluate everything we're doing with their horses. So I want to stop right now before we change the subject too much and just see if you have questions with specifically with regards to deworming. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, insisted. Mm -hmm. Good point. She's heard, she's heard that insisted worms don't shed. And that's true. The insisted worm, though, is actually a larval stage. It's actually one cycle in the parasite. Okay, so they will, if they're insisted, they will eventually grow into a worm that sheds eggs that is seen. Okay, it's just one cycle of the worm. But when they are insisted, of course, and in the, in the organs and so on, that's when they cause the most problems. Okay, or they can, except for those ascarids and babies. And there are hook, almost like a hookworm that can attach and suck blood and things like that too, that an adult worm that can cause problems. Um, so that's an excellent question on that. Uh, which brings up tapeworms, another thing that's not, another type of parasite that doesn't show up. Let me give you just a little bit of my thoughts on tapeworms. You know, Back when I was practicing conventional medicine, back when I was in vet school, back when I was 
kid, I guess. <laughs> um, never, ever did I see, we call it necropsy in horse and animals. Instead of an autopsy, it's necropsy, because auto means self. Well, you don't cut yourself, you're cutting a dead animal, it's called necropsy. But when, in a necropsy of horses, all through vet school, all my many years of practice on the front end, um, reading journals every night, uh, studying all the time, prior to a drug coming out to treat tapeworms, I never saw a tapeworm in a horse. I never read about it. I never saw it in a magazine, in one of our articles. I honestly think that, well, here's this super medicine for tapeworms. It's like you have the solution before the problem. Blows my mind. I just can't get, cannot wrap my head around that even today. Because maybe it's just because they didn't show up in the fecal exams, which they, they are very seldom do to show up in fecal exams. But uh, again, you would think that after all those years of studying and reading and so on, that there were articles out there about tapeworms causing problems in horses until there was suddenly a drug on the market to take care of them. I don't know. Now there's a saliva test that you can, it's a new type test that's coming out where you can actually supposedly diagnose tapeworms with the saliva test. I, I still have, I mean, I'm sure they have them, but, but they're definitely not as common or as big a problem as I think we think they are today. Um, with tapeworms in dogs especially, and I, and I have seen this in horses. You'll see these little white segments that look like um, rice, little grains of rice. And those you'll actually see around the tail. Um, and it's very, very rare. And I, I, you can see them in dogs all the time. Now the flea is part of the cycle in dogs. So if you have tapeworms in dogs, then you definitely have at least one flea that's actually caused the problem. Uh, or where they, they have to go through a flea to actually have tapeworms in dogs. And another type of um, parasite that you may not see in horses is uh, pinworms. And those are actually um, around, if you have a horse that really has an itchy tail all the time, you know, rubbing their tail. Now I will say I'm, I'm totally convinced some of that's genetic, okay? Some of that tail uh, rubbing is genetic. Um, but uh, if you have a horse that has a rub, uh, rubs his tail all the time and itches his butt, then you might even wanna um, get a piece of, um, cellophane, big piece of scotch tape, like your packaging tape or something, clear tape, and just put it right on the rectum and pull it off, because then sometimes you can see those worms. That's where they actually get, right around the rectum. But again, those are rare, very seldom there are they're an issue, but people definitely, uh, they are there. Again, uh, not very, very common at all. The biggest problem, honestly, with, with parasites, unless is, um, is just those, uh, those babies, the ascarids. Now that's not, if you have healthy horses, if their immune system's good, then chances are they're fighting off these parasites anyway, but you still need to check them. I mean, yeah, if you see a horse with rough hair coat and just a poor doer and, you know, you um, real rough looking coat all over actually, or bad, you know, unusual dullness to the coat, uh, maybe that pot belly, almost like a hay belly, that's something that you can get confused, that hay belly with the parasite belly. Um, if it's a baby, you better pay attention for sure, but otherwise, um, uh, 
those situations, it's obvious. You know, you better be doing some fecal exams. I still wouldn't just go indiscriminately deworm a horse that looked wormy. Because if they don't have them, well, there's something else going on, right? And you're giving them a toxin, so you may cause whatever else is going on to even become worse. So no matter what you do, a parasite exam's better. Now one of the, we actually formulate natural products now, um, and one of the first things we did was put together a, a product uh, that that you could eat yourself actually uh, to help with parasites. And one of the ways we proved that it worked, I'll actually show it to you since we're here. This is it, it's a tube. But one of the things we did back in the 90s when we were trying to get fecal aware of fecal exams, we put a little proof of purchase on the end of it here. And with each, each six tubes, we would give them a free parasite exam. That's how we introduced the world to parasites. And we did our own clinicals too on this. So based on the number, and we do thousands of fecal exams. My wife's a veterinary microbiologist, so she runs a lab. But um, consider this, come by the booth, check it out. Um, this actually doesn't kill anything. It just works on the immune system. Uh, if we have an EPM horse or a, a Lyme's horse or some chronic type um, situation going on, we'll actually give this four or five days in a row just to boost the immune system rapidly so that they actually can help fight off what, what's going on. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Let me tell folks what you're saying because they probably can't hear you. She had a Percheron draft that's a rubber that rubbed her tail all the time. Yep. And somebody told me to spray um, Listerine. Spray Listerine. Listerine's mostly alcohol. I guess that would hurt my butt. I don't know. I might get better pretty quick too, but I don't know. I don't know. If it worked, it's great. And the other thing you said um, that there is no goat There is no what? Yeah, there's, there's some that are marketed, but they're actually antibiotics and so on instead of actual dewormers. I've got a container of the goat wormer in my tack room. How do I dispose of it? That's a very good question. How do I dispose of it? I'd put it in the trash personally, but I, I mean, I don't know. Now, there, are, there are situations like we just had in there. A question was if she has a goat wormer in her in her barn or whatever, how does she dispose of it? Um, we just had a thing in our county where you can dispose of drugs and things like that and that's probably where I'd take it you know, rather than put it in the landfill or whatever or maybe bury it or something if you live in the country, which we do. So, yes ma'am. So oh, okay. Okay, the question is, um, what's the name of our product? Where can you get it and can you give it if you just might think you have a problem? Yeah, you can. I mean, you can, I actually have, gosh, I can't say there. Human, never mind. Anyway, um, no, you can, the product's called Worm Check and we kind of played off the fecal exam aspect of it to try to get people to do fecal exams. But um, we actually have a booth here, but our website is thenaturalvet.net or you can just search online for natural vet and find us. And um, yes, you can use it, uh, and it's only going to be healthy, best I can tell, because it is awesome. Yes, ma'am. Um, 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She said that her vet always said that fecal exams are worthless and unreliable. And that's what I've been fighting for 20 years. He's behind times as far as parasite exams go, period. Any major university, any parasitologist today will tell you that fecal exams are the only way to go and that um, you know, we've created so many resistant parasites because of them. That, that, you know, I kind of went through that early on, all the different types. It's because this one quit working anymore. And then this one came along and it was a little stronger, a different class, and then this one. And before it was over with, like I said, you give your dog a little pinch of it and they die. And then they came out with daily dewormers. Holy mackerel, give them a chemical every day, every day, every day, every day. I mean, it's a challenge to fight it. Yeah, go ahead. Different kinds of fecal exams? Yeah, there are, but if you, if you do a fecal exam, we do flotations and, and, you know, the different kinds of fecal exams is not as important as the person reading the fecal exam. Because a lot of your vets are small animal vets and they're different parasites in horses. I mean, you, they're just totally some similarities, so you might think you're seeing what you're seeing, you know, if you're a lab tech or something, but unless you do a lot of fecal exams, then you may miss them in horses, okay? But there are some companies, there's a company here that does fecal exams too. There even, um, there's quite a few companies now that do fecal exams for you. Um, we've been doing them for a long, long time. But uh, it's nice to see other companies do it because that's what we're after, you know? We don't want to be using all these drugs and chemicals. Um, so, and I think we charge like $12.95 or something if you're not doing the, the, um, the um, free ones, you know, with the wormers, $12.95 or something like that. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Can I repeat that? She said that's an excellent price, by the way. <laughs> right. Okay. Fill you in. I'll fill you in. Does this microphone work by any chance? It doesn't have a cord, though. It doesn't have a cord, though, does it? That they can ask questions? Okay. 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 She's excited. So she, I'm going to fill you in. Thank you. She is a medical. Uh, my, uh, microbiologist, which is my wife, but she's veterinary, same, same thing. Um, but she was talking about fecal exams in people, and, and, and she does her own, I'm sure, on her horses, and it's just it's unbelievable what she sees. Is that correct? I just want to make sure you all hear. Can you all hear me okay over there? Fecal exams correlate with what's going on, medical-wise, no question. And she said some of the dewormers obviously just don't even work, period, which I agree with. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for that. 
Good question. Um, I love that tenacious earth, but I've done a lot of parasite exams with horses that just had diatomaceous earth, and I think it's a wonderful, wonderful product, ingredient, or you know, natural product, more for the nutrition value than, it helps with deworming, but you still need to do fecal exams. You still need to do fecal. We, we use a lot of DE. Even this product has a little DE in it, but it has other herbs as well. I mean, it has herbs. DE, by the way, is diatomaceous earth. It's from the ground, it's great nutrition, and the theory behind DE, diatomaceous earth, is that, and, and this is true, I mean, it actually scratches the skeletal structure, the exoskeleton of the parasite, and um, therefore it actually, um, you know, kills the parasite. And it does great, it does work. Um, but uh, I still would do fecal exams. Was there something else you want to say? I think that's really Right. They do a fecal yeah. Plant, yeah. You know, open parasite is what we call it. And then you're treated. Right. I mean, and in so many ways, I saw resistance in. Come over here and talk into my mic. <laughs> I said, come over here and talk into my mic. People need to hear this. She's talking about the Giardia and people and all the problems. Yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. got, if you don't do fecal exams, you're not going to find these problems. You're not going to know. Right. There are so many parasites, and, yeah. and there are so many scams. Like, I think it's um, so many parasites and so many scams. scams. Uh, Good point. I'll fill you in. Oh. Okay. Can I? Um, she said there's there's products out there that have um, are scams because they're psyllium. They they to, that's actually a uh, like helps void the intestinal tract and you get little. Uh, strands that look like worms that are moving that really aren't even worms, but that's what the psyllium causes instead of actually deworming the, whore, or the, the person. Bottom line, she's right. I mean, people have parasites big time. Um, horses have parasites. We just need to be aware. But the answer is fecal exams on, on that, without a doubt. Thank you. Okay, yes ma'am, another question. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay. So, her, she always has negative fecal exams. She does them all the time uh, with Horseman's Choice, which is great. Um, and her vet says you should still deworm in the spring and the fall. It's just that old mentality, you know? If they don't have them, they don't need them. Now, if they're negative, if you really want to do another one 30 days later and see if it's still negative, you know, they're going to show up. Um, I can't say all the time, but if you do it frequently enough, I mean, I would rather test four times a year or more than just indiscriminately deworm because they do have consequences. Or you can try our product. <laughs> okay. Yep, okay. Do what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, donkeys are, especially donkeys, you need to check them too. All, all species pretty much have parasites that I know of. You know, unless maybe, I bet penguins do too, I don't know. <laughs> they do, that's a good question. Yeah, donkeys have a lungworm that's more of a, um, a really serious health issue, uh, for sure, more so than horses. Horses generally don't have a lungworm. But um, yeah, so donkeys definitely need to be checked and, and I check mules on a regular basis just like horses. And you know, now they've, even on the cattle side, you can't even, you can't use anything in a food producing animal that has as a growth type stimulator. Now, on the cattle side, they used to deworm all the time. I mean, they, every time they'd work their cattle, they'd deworm them just because they thought they might have parasites and they're gonna grow faster and sell for more, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But they can't do that anymore. You cannot, if, 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 if a veterinarian does that without knowing for sure that that herd has parasites, he can't do that anymore. He'll go to jail. That's a felony. The regulatory, I mean, I'm glad I'm not practicing traditional medicine anymore with all the regulatory things out there. Holy mackerel. Do you know if you have a sick chicken, you got to take it to the vet? If your vet gives you something from the office to treat your chicken, that's a felony? Is that nuts or what? You gonna take your chicken to the vet? I'm not either. I'm serious as a heartbeat. Yeah, you're gonna eat it, right? I mean, it's crazy. Now, probably, they'll probably come knocking on my door for talking about this, but you know, it's nuts, this new regulatory stuff, in my opinion. All the paperwork, and I spend a day a week just on regulatory stuff. We gotta change something. We've got to, it's unbelievable. Okay, off my soapbox. Another question. Yes. If you're going to use a non-chemical substance like DE, is there a best way to use it? You know, I've, I've pretty much tried every way under the sun. Um, I would try to mix it with something else, and we do. I mean, almost all of our supplements have a, a little bit of DE. Now, legally, we can only say it's for anti-caking purposes, okay? But it's a great nutrition product, in my opinion. I'll have to cut that out of this tape, that's for sure. But anyway, but I would, I would actually just mix it in with the feed. Yeah, or you can mix it with a little, uh, you could actually probably mix it with a little bit of salt, too, and, and uh, let them free choice it a little bit, probably half and half. But you still need to check fecal exams, okay? You still need... It's hard to get DE in them enough to do the result. That's one thing. So whatever you can do to make it more palatable is fine too. I mean, I don't have any problem using it at any amount for sure, but just don't rely on it for fecal exams. And yes, ma'am. That makes sense? Did I answer that okay? Is that okay? Dang, come up here and talk. She just summed it all up right there. She said, so are we basically talking about keeping their immunity high and in excellent health so they can fight off the worms themselves? You got it. 
I mean, that's the, that's, and, and you know, in today's environment, with all, you know, we're killing ourselves with all the stuff we eat. I assure you, we're killing our horses too. I mean, um, your commercial feeds are full of hydrogenated fat. They're full of this and that, and who knows what else. You know, I've, I've gone back to the basics and have for years now. I feed what our granddaddy's fed, and that's oats. Oats are a miraculous grain, in my opinion. In fact, one of the major products out there to treat GI issues and even ulcers that costs a fortune, guess what? It's made from oats. So why not just give them the whole oats, the cheap whole oats to start with? I mean, I can't even fix a horse that has a chronic problem without getting them off commercial feed and getting them on oats. I mean, that's how, and then, you know, the, the thing about oats, though, you still gotta make them complete. But let's look at this for just a second. I know some of y'all might've heard this before, but this is important too. If, if you have a bag of feed and it says five pounds a day for a thousand pound horse, and you have a thousand pound horse, and you give him five pounds a day or her, that horse is gonna get the vitamins and minerals and enzymes and probiotics and everything that was added to whatever mixture that was swept up off the floor to make. I mean, I didn't say that, but the, you know, the grain, okay? So he's gonna get the vitamins and minerals and enzymes if he eats that five pounds a day. Anybody in here have an easy keeper? Yeah, you're gonna give him what the bag says every day? Probably you're gonna have a balloon if you do. So let's say you're giving him one pound. Well, he's getting one-fifth of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes, and probiotics that he should be getting on a daily basis. The beauty of oats is you can give him that handful of oats, and then there's some supplement, there's a, again, we have a solution, <laughs> a supplement called Just Add Oats that you just add to those oats. Okay, a scoop a day for a thousand pound horse is what man knows they need. And then we have a good fat to add to it, not your hydrogenated fat. That a scoop a day of that gets the fats right. Which are another topic, and someone remind me to talk about fats here in just a second. But along the same line, you know, we don't know, still don't know everything that they need nutritionally. Okay? That's what we think they need with what's in those two products to make those complete. But we still we we still Still, I still want to rely on nature. So we have a product that comes from ancient seabeds that has every mineral known to man. It, it has all the natural sources of salt and so on, uh, as well as some yeast culture and some uh, probiotics and on that, you, that we offer free choice so they can fill in the gaps maybe for what we don't even know about yet. And that's the feeding program. And then we have other products to kind of get them over the hump if they have allergies or have this health issue or whatever. We have hoof supplements to kind of get them over the hump. But the feeding program that I just mentioned there fixes most, most problems when you get them off the commercial feeds and get them on um, just oats and the right supplements for those oats. Uh, by the way, the University of Kentucky did a huge study on oats. Um, and they actually say that oats are the superior diet for a horse. 42-page study. But you're not going to hear that from your feed manufacturers, I assure you. I've been preaching and teaching it for a long time, and thank goodness the study came out, and, you know, it's kind of nice to be validated just a little bit, to say the least. But the, I, I can't even get horses better 
without getting them off all this other junk. It's incredible what difference it makes when you change the diet. Yes, ma'am. We ship all over the country, and I haven't seen a big difference too much with our clients anyway. The question was East Coast, West Coast, where they don't feed a lot of grain in the West. Um, you know, in Europe, and I haven't been there, so I can't, this is second-handed, but the, the majority feed oats in Europe is what I've t been told. We had a lady here yesterday from Norway or somewhere, she said everybody feeds oats. Nobody, they don't feed any grain. And, except oats, wherever she was from, Norway or somewhere up, up north. Uh, yes, ma'am. Barley. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of things we can't ship out of this country to other countries food-wise. Um, especially on the animal side because we use a lot of genetically modified stuff here and in Europe it's not allowed. So we need to catch up on that. Thank you guys. Um, I had five minutes and I've already gone over. One last question. How's that? Yes ma'am. Sorry. Two last questions. Go ahead. Grapeseed. We don't sell just grapeseed. Do you say for people? Oh, for horse, we don't, I love grapeseed, by the way, that's incredible. We actually started adding grapeseed to our products way back when, in the 90s. And it's in all of our products, but we don't have just a grapeseed product, because there are other things to make it better. So it's part of our formulation. We do not have a heave formulation, the feeding program, and then we have a product called Allercheck that helps. Doesn't fix it. I mean, heaves is a tough problem. I mean, it's definitely great, but I'm not going to tell you it's going to fix all of them. That's for sure. Yes, ma'am. Oh, she's so good. Reminded me of fat. Real quick. Understand, every cell in the body is surrounded by fat. Every single cell. It's like the skin of a basketball, and these cells are tiny, unlike a basketball. But, but the fats allow the nutrients to get in and the junk to get out. Um, hydrogenated fats like we're all eating and like in all our horse commercial horse feeds are making those little cells like little plastic balls so the nutrients can't get in and the junk can't get out. It's no wonder we have so many issues today health-wise just from these hydrogenated fats. Uh, so that's our oil that we use, our fat sources. GMO free, number one. It's crude, it's unrefined, it has all the natural vitamin E's and so on in it and it's um, it's really, really, really good. It took me three years to find the right source of it. So come by the booth. If you go out the next, the big building right next to us here, go through the door and keep going straight out the door. And we're on the right about two-thirds of the way up. It's got a big Rocky Mountain horse, chocolate-colored horse, white mane and tail. That's what we have. If anybody needs any, I got a lot of them. Every, did I tell you every time my daughter looked at a boy, I bought her a horse? That's, we have lots. All right. <laughs> y'all take care. Thank you all so much.